Hello and welcome everyone to today's News Tonight, the weeknight news show where we're joined by our special guests and our lovely patrons to discuss the day's gaming news. I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and I'm joined today by my good friends and GVG co-founders, Ash Polson and Steve Bowling, as well as our very special guest, Janet Garcia, aka Game Onesis. So welcome, Janet. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And Steve, you, uh, uh, well, actually, Steve tells me that you just launched your own Patreon. So that's really cool. Yeah, I'm happy to be back on Patreon. I actually have done this once before uh, when I was freelancing before I, I started IGN. So it's really nice to come back to the Patreon space and bring back some of those ideas, start with a whole bunch of new ones. Um, I have people that have been with me since the very beginning of my career and people who like just jump in the other day. So I love uh, nice. having that widespread of things. And yeah, it's soft launch was Monday. Um, I'm doing a crazy 12 hour stream tomorrow Oof. to celebrate and push for, wow. uh, you know, more stuff on Patreon, promote it, get people involved. So yeah, it's uh it's been a busy week. This is like my Patreon world tour of like several podcasts from my nice, house. Nice. We're, well, we're I'm familiar that with we that. Could, we <laughs> That's could a long stream. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, for those that don't know, previously you were editor of Guides over at IGN, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've, done, I've done guide work, and it just, it's just it's always like the one part of this job that I was like, I never want to do that, and then I got stuck doing it. I'm like, oh, this sucks. That was like also my my experience. Where I was like, oh, I don't want to, I don't think I ever want to do this, and then I, I tried it. Uh, I did find a lot of um, joy and pride in doing that work. Um, it's a very different skill set, a very different style mm-hmm. than what everything else in the industry is um you know there's so many different ways to be involved in this industry but yeah now you know while i was there i also uh was had the privilege of being on a lot of our shows or a lot of ijn shows nbc beyond most notably uh doing a few reviews doing preview events so i had a at least a bit of a well-rounded experience uh outside of guides but yes it was absolutely a guides job and i wrote a lot of guides pages uh and guides during my time there yeah, I I believe I, I could be wrong, but I I I've created guides for IGN as well in the past as like just a freelance uh, writer, and I believe that um, I may have crossed your path once or twice while working on a couple different guides. I did Xenoblade Chronicles two, The Evil Within two, uh, Destiny two, a lot of twos. <laughs> but, uh, if it was a, it's sequel, a sequel, bring on Steve. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I might have met you in person one time. I know when I was still doing Guides for IGN, because uh, Tina Amini is an old friend of mine, um, I was in San Francisco doing Kind of Funny, and she invited me in to just tour the IGN office, because I'd always wanted to see it. And I happened to have Imran uh, Khan, who is a former guest on the show with me as well, who is now on Kind of Funny and was at Game Informer at the time, because uh, he always wanted to see The Office too. And I think we walked through, I know I, I met a few folks. I met Sam Claiborne um, and a few other folks who whoever just happened to be around The Office that day. I, I wasn't sure That's if you were there or not. usually how those like, but... informal tours go. I might have been. It's really hard to remember because like it's just basically whenever those things happen, you're like seated at your desk and then you just kind of awkwardly turn. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually very short. I'm like five feet tall. So everyone's already also extra taller. And you're like, <laughs> it's kind of reminds me of when um, I feel like people coming through the IGN office is kind of like when you're at a large family get together and it's like, oh, this is your uncle's friend. And I'm like, hi, you know, it's yeah. like, okay. 
Oh, yeah. Like, it's kind of fuzzy, but definitely was, possible because my desk was near there, so. Yeah, there was definitely that weird vibe because I, I know when I met Sam because he was the one that stuck with me just because Sam is a very unique looking dude to begin with. Like, he, he very much resembles, like, an old G.I. Joe character or something. Like, he's got the big <laughs> You know, that's a really good and, way to put it. That's funny. Yeah, so and Chris so he's, he, yeah. he sticks with you. <laughs> and so when mm-hmm. I when I met him, you know, she was like, oh, hey, this is Steve Bowling. And you could tell that Sam was, like, trying to put it together real quick. You know, he's a real nice guy. And uh, then she's like, he does a lot of guides and emails you a lot. And she's like oh yeah and he was super friendly but yeah there was definitely that whole like meeting a distant relative like that you haven't hung Mm. out with ever um but the idea i feel like i should know your name but i don't and i'm sorry i'm trying to do my best but uh. well there's some people you just know their username and like their avatar i'm like oh you're like the first like occasionally hearing a freelancer's voice oh no that'll like throw me through a loop i'm like whoa whoa like normally Uh i just see name text you know the work we talk but it's like it's it's different when there adds that kind of human element to it that you don't always get to have when you have you know a large team across the world different people doing different things oh yeah exactly i mean the the ign office too is like exactly how a fan would picture it i think like i remember being being like a teenager reading ign like back when it was n64.com because i'm old and uh (laughs) i remember thinking like wow they must have games and cool stuff everywhere and yeah yeah, it's like that. <laughs> it was really. I guess that's I, probably always, true. Yeah, I've always heard about like the vault or the library. I guess would just fill with just every game imaginable, which is always the thing that you know. Ooh, <laughs> unless unless you're talking about the Metal Gear Solid copy that Greg Miller took with him, <laughs> that is in his studio <laughs> with a post-it with his name on it. I think. But anyway, we've rambled nice. on enough about IGN. You have moved on to. Uh, bigger and better things hopefully like I, I i see that your patreon is off to like a very early like a good early start I mean, it, it's growing like by leaps and bounds is it how yeah. how are you uh are you surprised or i feel like maybe... i'm super surprised um so i mean <laughs> a lot of it is um oh geez like, i don't even know like i wasn't like right now you know looking at at the time of recording i'm at 914 a month with 143 people wow um, awesome I'm super surprised because, nice. as I'm sure y'all know, uh, Patreon can go a lot of different ways uh, yep. over the course of, like, it can literally, and then also, you know, it is also a month-to-month subscription, too, so it's like, maybe, what if this month, like, 40 people, you just never know what's going on, um, uh. it's never clear, like, how many people will come in, or how they'll find you, or what they'll pledge, or what they can pledge, or how their life changed, like, it's just very in flux, and I would have not been shocked at all, or even super discouraged if this didn't do anything super impressive i kind of imagined okay maybe like 100 bucks maybe like 200 you know i figured it'd be kind of a a modest ish start but i did have a belief that it'd be stronger than when i first did it back when i had like a much smaller following um a lot less time to commit to it too like patreon used to be a one project with a bunch of other freelance projects i had so i used to do it like okay i'm gonna make some content on my own monetize it through patreon then i'm also like trying to pitch and i'm also doing like these other things now Patreon is just the everything of what I do and everything's funneled through Patreon and there's like there's nothing outside of it. There's nothing supplementing it. It's just it just is, which is kind of scary, as I'm sure y'all also relate to being creators on Patreon. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was uh, I was shocked because um, I don't I'm not sure if anyone has enough enough success to ever predict that this could happen on like especially on a day one. So much of that money came in. Um, and those patrons came in on the first day. And I also launched, like, in the evening as well. It was, like, 6 o'clock Ooh. PT. So I was like, oh, okay, wow. well, a few people will kind of, like, 
maybe trickle in and then it just kept building and then people got you know people got really excited too with our we have three goals uh posted originally i just added a fourth because uh it's time to start adding more and thinking you know what the future could be but that first goal was that 500 hundred dollar mark and once we started getting closer it's like wait we can maybe reach this tonight and then people got real excited they were like okay like let me join in and do this you know i did a stream i got the kind of funny raid that kind of boosted a bunch of stuff on my twitch so then that's like another like income stream so it's just it there's no way i could have predicted this um part of that is also because and i, I talk about this in my um uh, patreon exclusive thank you video which was one of the rewards for hitting that 500 goal is um you know i try really hard to like believe in myself and what i'm doing but the truth is like th- there's always some doubt you know oh, and, yeah. imposter syndrome is a real thing and it's like yeah i yeah the way i couched it was you know so many people got to know me as like IGN's Janet Garcia, Janet Garcia from IGN, IGN Guides Team. And I'm like, I don't really yep. know if people are going to be here for Janet right. Garcia as Game Odysseys. Even though I've been Game Odysseys the whole time, like, that's been my handle, my, like, I'm I'm the same kind of, you know, I've grown over the years for sure, Um, and, and IGN was a big part of that growth, but, like, I'm still me, but I'm like, did you really want me for me, or did you just, like, I was a cool person that was at IGN, and now that I'm not on NBC, you'll never see me again. And while that's certainly maybe the case with some people and no shade to that you know if you're just a fan of IGN and you kind of just roll with that that's totally fine you know people can be fans of what they're fans of but it made it so that okay well sure we have like a lot of followers on Twitter through IGN you know I got verified while at IGN all all these things felt tied to you know this company and I just wasn't confident that that it would be successful even close to immediately or have any level of success there definitely was the you know the clocks ticking down how much money do I have left to like stretch through my bills and figure this out? And I want to keep doing this. So I'm going to, you know, do what it takes. And I like have support systems in place, ready to go. But like to take a leap like this and have my community not just immediately catch me, but like lift me up in such a huge, humongous way. And, you know, I'm sure y'all feel this way with your patrons, but like it means so much for Definitely. someone to give yeah. money. I'm like, yo, you like, I mean, m- money's hard, right? Like, it's getting money's hard. <laughs> yeah, Most of Americans don't yeah. have a save, even a savings account. Like, just generally, the population doesn't, the bulk of the population doesn't have a lot of money and isn't rich by any means. So, you know, $5, $10, $25, whatever it is, it's like, and then you think of the market currently, right, with subscriptions. I'm like, okay, this is Disney Plus money, right? Like, I'm definitely not as good as Disney Plus. So, like, I don't, you know, and you start to kind of... I don't have the entire Disney library. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't got yeah. it. You know, my vault is, like, this shelf of, like, you know, one Vita game that I got for Christmas behind me. Like, it's, you know, it's intimidating. And uh, to have so many people just show up and show out, especially when I started with, um, you know, I had such a hard time determining, like, the tears and the initial content and Mm -hmm. it took so many conversations with my uh family and with um greg miller was a a big part of helping me organize this patreon as well i called him and i had a conversation with him and it took so many people telling me like hey you can't you can't put in like i'm gonna stream every day and it's gonna be four hours a day and there's gonna be two youtube videos you know like these crazy goals which i do want to work towards building you know a massive suite of content with a bunch of creators but um it took a lot of people reeling me in being like you can put something that's challenging but reasonable and people will still support you because people want to support you and it was that 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 thought and that kind of pseudo guilt of like oh but if i'm not doing like these crazy exclusive things and like really going you know like you really want to like hustle for that money and like prove yourself to a community that doesn't need you to prove yourself to them because they already are there for you and it's just like it's really hard to trust that and not like feel like guilty or hung up on it so uh that's my long-winded rant on was i expecting this no I but mean, it is absolutely amazing and i'm so freaking thankful for it it's it's been great 
everything you just said, Jen, is like, oh, right to the heart because, you know, being associated with GX, is it just people there for GX, not me? Is, you know, all the, you know, just the whole litany that you just went through. Um, oh, I get it. <laughs> I completely get it. Oh, so yeah. I mean, I'm just glad to I mean, see you. The three of us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just glad to see you so successful and have that support. It really does mean a lot. And yeah, using the Twitch to sort of help supplement, which is another thing I've been building. I've built up three. This this will be my third separate streaming avenue that I've had to build up. One through Game Explains uh, YouTube, then Game Explains Twitch, and then my own personal Twitch. So, Oh, yeah. I feel like everyone's had like this suite of different channels they've once ran or been involved with. So, for sure. Mm. Um, One thing. Before we go ahead. Oh, just before we move on to the news or, or whatever's next, uh, just a couple of things in the chat I want to address. Uh, first of all, Angel Martinez. Uh, first time I'm able to make it live. Looking oh, forward nice. to good vibes, especially for today. So welcome, Angel. Uh, please let uh, we us all know need if good I'm, vibes if today. I'm uh, mispronouncing yeah. your name, and I'll certainly correct that. Also, uh, our patron, Stephen Turquoise. It's his birthday today. So happy oh, wow. Birthday, man. Birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. That's awesome. So That's awesome. Just wanted to address those two things before we got too, yeah. too much further in. Yeah. Well, yeah. One thing I wanted to mention was that Janet talked about imposter syndrome. And I think everybody that creates content feels that at some point. Like, mm. because you're doing this thing that, like, I, I think games journalism or any type of games content creation is really a gig you get into because you love what you're working on right like everyone is like wow you know and even years into this almost a decade in for me like i still have those moments where i think i'm i'm just a dude that really likes to play games and i'm writing about them what makes my opinion you know better any than more anybody relevant else's than anybody or, else's yeah um, or or what right. makes it worthy of broadcasting to the world you know and you, you have to remember like i i remember like every opportunity i've been given or i've had is something that was earned you know like nobody Mm -hmm. just said oh well Mm. steve bowling he bought so many video games he should be allowed to talk about them um you know they don't just look at how many dollars you've spent or how many time you've put in playing like you know nine times out of ten someone's looking at something you made just out of pure passion and then deciding like oh hey you know maybe we should let this person do this for money and um so you know it and I can speak to the quality of, of your work at IGN. I've seen a lot of the stuff you've done there. You're you're absolutely incredibly talented and you deserve every bit of success you have. And, you know, I, you. I think if you if you have attained any level of success, it's not something that was handed to you. It was earned. Uh, absolutely. So, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I but I totally get the feeling like I, I definitely understand it deeply, way more deeply than I wish I yeah. did. <laughs> and like I, I get I get that people mean well when they say things like, Oh, you're so lucky, I would love to be where you are and it's like I know they mean well, they're not saying you didn't earn it, but at the same time I'm so sick of hearing that sometimes. It's like <laughs> Yes, I am lucky because there is always at least a little bit of luck in any, mm-hmm. you know, good situation, mm-hmm. of yeah. course. But it isn't just luck, man. You you earned that. You worked your way there. So yeah. I mean there are of course people out there who fail upward, but in general, <laughs> people you know, if, if they got to where games? they are, it's because no, they no. earned it. Never, <laughs> ever in games. Ever. Never. Yeah. But, I mean, just in general, though, if you if you are enjoying some level of success or notoriety, it's because, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of luck there for sure, right place, right time, but you earn that. And mm. uh, so, uh, you know, just props to you and, and congratulations on your successful launch. Thank you. Uh, before we move on to the news, uh, Steve, we unfortunately have to talk about a sad bit of news that uh, we discovered shortly before this and it's just i i I saw it uh you posted it i was like what there's no way 
And, um, oh, I don't have it with me right off the bat. Find it. I'm sorry. Here it is. Um, so, uh, Twitter user by the name of Toads for Smash has tweeted out, uh, that they've, they're an administrator, they're an administrator, uh, of this Twitter account created by Brian Cooper, who many also known as, know as the creator of the Twitter account, Japanese Nintendo. And a few minutes ago, they received a message from a friend of Brian's who tried many times to contact him in the, in his, the past few days after his sudden disappearance online at the end of November. But it looks like Brian Cooper of Japanese Nintendo sadly passed away on November 27th, 2020. And there's no other real details about it. It's just that's what happened. And it's a real shame because he was very good at what he did. And I know we used a lot of his articles and news at Game Explain. A lot. Like, mm-hmm. he just had that. And we'd, uh, like, source him and just be a major presence. It sucks, man. It sucks. Yeah. Um, I didn't know Brian personally. I had talked to him on Twitter once or twice. Yeah. Um, you know, thanking him for, for creating something that we ended up using in a video or asking him for permission to run some of his content. And uh, he was always very, very nice, very approachable, you know. Um, it, what really... Uh, bums me out about this is that he had expressed interest in being on the channel at some point just for like a discussion video or or something and and would have been more than glad to have him uh just wasn't uh gx wasn't really structured that way um and i wish i had thought to uh reach out to him about gvg before Mm. before now and he would uh, be perfect to have on yeah, yeah, well, he really would have been. Uh, he would have been a great guest. Uh, so I don't know the circumstances surrounding his uh, death, uh, but obviously, you know, it's it's a it's it's a huge loss. Like we're you know someone someone that we indirectly worked with, and uh, you know, for the fans of his and the fans of his content, his content was great. So you know, I just uh, I, I I feel bad. I, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for the people close to him. Uh, you know, this is never the kind of news that I want to start out a show with, but it no. also you know, it's it. I would I would rather recognize his passing than than choose not to. Right, right. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I I think all we can really say is that our you know that our our hearts go out to his family and his friends and uh, loved ones. And this is just it's just always the most tragic thing when something like this happens. And uh, twenty twenty took one more, and it's awful. And uh, I would have loved to have him on the show too. I really would have. I didn't as like you, Steve. I didn't know him personally, uh, but of course, it doesn't matter. I can still feel empathy and i feel a lot of it for the for those who in his circle and in his family and friends so rest in peace yeah yep. yeah absolutely i want to echo those sentiments as well and again i don't haven't had like any personal connection at all but i think this is such a small industry and uh it's really rare to it, it's it's odd because you can meet a lot of good people but also there's not that many people in the industry and sometimes it can be hard to find like those connections and those people who you really admire so um Obviously, it's not just like a matter of work, but it's always sad to lose anyone that has a positive presence uh, in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It it is interesting that you mentioned that. Like, it really does. You know, there's hundreds of people employed uh, in in just our little corner of the industry. But it does like feel like you always end up seeing the same people in the same places when you when you get to leave the house. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, So, yeah, rest in peace, man. Uh, it, It is definitely a shame, like everybody everything everybody said i couldn't agree with more yeah 
Yeah. Well, let's go on to the actual news. And uh, first one's uh, kind of interesting, but let's go ahead and bring it up. So, Nintendo has acquired Next Level Games, and uh, that's cool. <laughs> that's really that's really cool. <laughs> that's but cool. it kind of addition Next to this story. that was all also kind of been being talked about uh, in regards to Next Level Games, how the kind of irony of Nintendo acquiring them is that their Mario Strikers uh, series and the portrayal of Mario characters is a big reason Nintendo started clamping down on the portrayals of Mario. Because you got to remember, <laughs> this was the uh, game where. Wario uh, in his victory animation did the suck it mo- motion. So Wa- it was Waluigi. Yeah, I thought I said Wa- Waluigi. I'm sorry. Oh no, sorry. No, I, I was actually going to say, and I-, I mentioned this in-, in our Discord server last night, or when this news broke. Like, I love that that was Nintendo's main takeaway. We really need to clamp down on the portrayal of Mario, and not hey, we should probably make sure Waluigi telling players to suck it doesn't make it through QA again. Like, how how is that <laughs> not the number one takeaway here? But yeah, uh, but good, good for next level. I it's funny. I, I knew that they hadn't been bought by Nintendo, but it's just it's kind of one of those things where you just kind of assume that they already were because mm. they've worked so closely with Nintendo for so long. Um, but yeah, hey, good for next level. Um, they've obviously done great work for Nintendo with the Striker series, Luigi's Mansion two and three. So uh, this can only mean good things for them both, I imagine. Luigi's Mansion four confirmed. It's happening. Yes. It's oh, yeah. In an Airbnb. Just a series of haunted Airbnb. <laughs> nice. That's what I'm hoping for. It's what I envision. Uh, they already left the mansion when they did the hotel, the last game. So this can, Luigi's Mansion is wherever you know your heart is haunted. I guess. Yeah. Um, right. So I'm ex- I'm excited because I'm a huge fan of that series. I think it's like one of the unsung hero series that, well, yes. that Nintendo now officially has, right? With the, like in terms of the the modern era Luigi Luigi's Mansion. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I can't wait to see more. It was like such a great game on switch it, it's been in, it's only been improving as a series so obviously they do more than just luigi's mansion but personally seeing this news i'm like luigi's mansion that's all my brain can think <laughs> about because it's my favorite thing that they do um and i just think that series is like so underrated um it's one of my favorite launch games uh, especially from the old era where a lot of launch games were different yes. you know it was like just yeah. something that you needed to play right and i think that was like mm-hmm. one of the the more fun innovative ones so um that franchise in general is just so exciting and this definitely does feel like a put a ring on it finally acquisition where you know i again barely even remembered that this wasn't a nintendo um studio because it's like it's so synonymous in my mind and i think a lot of players feel the same way um but it's great to see uh this be an official thing and it just kind of you know, bolsters Nintendo's already amazing portfolio. Like, no one's really complaining about there not being first-party Nintendo games, but this yeah. is how, like, the best get better and stay on top. So not not to necessarily say that they are <laughs> number one in the space, but I think they do first-party um, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know mm-hmm. if anyone can even really debate that. So this is great. Yeah. yeah. I, as uh, Fantasy Thinker fan pointed out in the chat, uh, it's basically the equivalent of Sony buying Insomniac. You associate Insomniac so hard with Sony that them right. buying is like, oh, yeah, why hasn't this happened before? But I think uh, it's the same sort of thing where Spider-Man was such a huge success for Sony that they like, we got to get this on lockdown with Insomniac. And, and I heard, I think I saw Luigi's Mansion sales is around $6 million for three. 
So I think they saw the sales of that game in particular. Like, okay, yeah, we need to lock them down. Oh man! And it helps that Next Level Games is just freaking incredible with their lineup between, uh, you know, of course Mario Strikers. They've done the Punch Out, the Punch Out Wii. Um, I don't care what anybody says. I like Metroid Prime Federation Force. I think that was a fun little game. <laughs> right, uh, right. Just so bad timing. Bought it. No, okay. <laughs> um, we got a couple of a couple of patrons in the chat who I, I really would like to see work at Next Level because I love their ideas for uh, Next Level's future. You got Luigi and Charlie Bird, Luigi's Punch Out. I'd play that, and uh, Flaming Highwaymen, Highwaymen, uh, Waluigi's Mansion. I mean, it just makes so much sense, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but Luigi's Punch Out, especially, I would play that. That the, that sounds pretty great. The one thing that I would love to see carry over from this acquisition to non Next Level games games is their animation tech. I mean, Derek, you listed Punch-Out! and Luigi's Mansion 3. Those are two of the most beautifully animated 3D games of their respective eras. Like, Luigi's Mansion 3, like, I I, I said this when it first came out, it it looks and feels like you could easily turn it into, like, a Saturday morning cartoon. And, I mean, I still think that the the way they portrayed the Mario characters is better than anything Nintendo has officially done ever. So I I, yeah. I hope that when they go to make like Mario Odyssey 2 or whatever the hell the next mainline Mario is, that they get next level in there to help just animate the characters because, man, they look so good in Luigi's Mansion mm-hmm. 3. And I'm excited that yeah. now they're an internal developer because that means, you know, there might be some more sharing of notes or whatever <laughs> or, or distribution it, it of, is, of yeah. tech. It is but too yeah. bad, though, that, that like the Striker series caused them to want to clamp down on portrayals of Mario. And I mean, I assume that that probably extends to all Mario Universe characters, only because Striker's Charge had such a, well, striking art style in, in the sense that it really went to places that you never expected Mario character designs to go. Like, Mario was angry. He was he punished Mario, was, was the one in uh, Striker's Charge, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and I'd like to see Nintendo continue to take those kinds of... I don't want to say risks. I don't think it was a real risk, but I'd like to see them continue to push the envelope with oh, man. Mario character designs like that. And clearly it's not going to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say, I don't know how much I like. I, I feel like Nintendo has decided that Link is like the major character that they will just screw with. Like, you know, new art <laughs> style. Sure. New design, whatever. Yeah. Get rid of the tunic. Put him in a blue shirt. It's fine. You know, let him wear <laughs> let him wear his yeah. chonies in a Nintendo Switch shirt with an axe. It's cool. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like Nintendo has just decided that they're going to take all their risks with Link and let Mario be like their Mickey Mouse that, you know, only deviates yeah. so much. Mario's totally Mickey Mouse. Oh, he yeah. totally yeah. is. Oh, totally. So, I don't know. I've I've come not to expect, like, huge risks being taken with the Mario franchise. And I guess I'm okay with that. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah. But also, Toad drives a bus in Luigi's Mansion 3, and I don't think it's been talked about enough. That's true. How does he use the pedals? That's wonderful. <laughs> and every interaction Luigi has with Poultry Pup is, is just heartwarming. Uh, every one of them. I'm still puzzled. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, maybe. I mean, I'm excited what comes next. But if I had to guess, probably Poulter Luigi's Cat, Mansion 4. Probably, I'm thinking. Well, there already was kind right. of one. L- lights there was a Poultry Cat, yeah. You know? Honestly, I'm I'm I can't help but be held up on the the Simon and Victor reveal trailer for Smash. I want Luigi in a full blown castle, like exploring a Castlevania like right. setting would be freaking awesome. Cool. That would be so cool. Fighting other monsters along with ghosts. I think that's how you slowly going it. up those stairs. You know, the whole <laughs> the whole nine. Yeah, I, exactly. That was absolutely one of the best Smash reveal trailers still to this mm-hmm. day. Simon and Richter. 
One of my favorite, this is a complete aside, but one of my favorite things about it was specifically about that one was watching reaction videos by people who were like, hell yeah, Castlevania. Oh, I'm such a big Castlevania fan. Hell yeah, Simon Belmont. Who's Richter? Richter? What? There were so many people who were like mm. all about Castlevania, but then you could see that they did not know who Richter was. And that, that just always tickled me. <laughs> Uh, sometimes you get those moments where you get to see like how really into the certain series people are. I mean, I'm, yeah, I, and how much you're just going for the clickbait. Yeah, but you know, what? I'm okay with like, I mean, because I'll be the first to know, the first to mention, like, especially within certain games. Like, I was super hyped for Sephiroth, right? But mm. like, you throw up a character from Final Fantasy two, I'll be like, what? <laughs> like, I don't know. Who Hell those yeah, Furion you know? joins the battle finally. Yeah, yes. I, I would be lost. Yeah. So I could easily have that same like Fair embarrassing enough. scenario where I'm like slapping the desk, going crazy about Sephiroth, and then not knowing who the hell the next guy is at all. Um, exactly. Sure, just because I have a very specific set of Final Fantasies I've played. So I don't know. I mean, but if you haven't played Symphony of the Night, which I is where I know Richter from, you should. Because right. it's not just one of yes, the best Castlevanias. It's just one of the best games of all time. Hell yeah, it is. Anyway, yep. that's my piece on on not knowing characters. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what comes next from that uh, from comes next from next level. Yeah, there you go. But let's go ahead and move on to our next bit of news. Pop that up. So, Sony Computer Entertainment has announced that production has ended on all but one model of the PS4. The only one continuing is the standard Jet Black 500 gigabyte slim model. Now, I saw this in relation to Japan. Uh, you know, Sony in Japan is this uh, now apply to everything? No, it's just it's still just Japan as of right now. Um, but this is but, surely the kind of thing that just moves west in a couple weeks or months or whatever. Yeah, I feel like it's only no, a that's definitely of time. true. Yeah, which it's, it, getting it's rid an of that interesting approach. Console confusion. Well, it, it's an interesting approach just because of how how hard they're still pushing the PS4 software wise, right? I mean. Who expected I, games like Horizon Forbidden West to get a PS4 version? Spider-Man Miles Morales. Like, they actually are kind of pushing the PS4 still as as an as a ultra viable alternative, viable option. I don't think so this is... So it's kind of an interesting... Go see, I, I don't think this is too crazy. Uh, so, no. for one, you're, you're largely releasing those games for the people that already have PS4s. Like, mm-hmm. like the vast... You're not looking to sell a whole lot of new PlayStation 4s, because obviously mm-hmm. Sony's imperative is that if you're going to buy a playstation they definitely want you to buy the ps5 uh not you know the thing that's on its way out so one they're they're creating a greater price disparity right so like your your ps4 is now going to be one two hundred dollars cheaper than a ps5 right your only Mm -hmm. option for a ps4 if you need a new one the other side of that is that it also is the least performant model so it's like you know, the, the lowest end creating a visual disparity. So if your consumer who isn't up on shit, like we are goes into the store and goes, okay, I want a PlayStation. Should I get the PS four or should I get this new five? And then, you know, they pull up like a screenshot or whatever. Cause I'm sure there'll be accompanying marketing materials for this crap. Like, Oh, Hey, this game looks very cyberpunky on PS four. <laughs> whereas on right. PS pro people have or on ps5 people have faces and not claw hands and stuff so i i think that there's like a you know it, it makes sense you want to make the ps4 one you want the only model available to have a huge power disparity and a huge price disparity so people understand like this is the down the line 
you know, downgrade model. And and if mm-hmm. you want the new hotness, you got to drop the 500 bucks and get the PS5. You know, so right. I, I think it makes sense. It's a good way and, to look at it. we've seen most companies do some flavor of this thing. Like Nintendo does this. Microsoft does this. I'm sure that we'll find... Uh, actually, Microsoft already did this. So the mm-hmm. Xbox One X has been gone for months now. You can only get the One S. So they, they did the exact same hmm. move. I don't even think I, I want to say a month or yeah, sure a month and a half that. back. Well, good they call. have so many SKUs. Like, I feel like they've been... I mean... Everyone's kind of had a lot of SKUs for a while, but I feel like Xbox, like Microsoft specifically, really hangs their hat on multiple SKUs for multiple things. Um, I think a lot of, you know, as we've gone on with time, it's been a lot more standardized to have like a normal model and eventually like a pro or a premium version of that. So that's not exactly new, but I feel like that's sort of their whole shtick, right? The play anywhere thing. In order to play anywhere, you got to have some options on where you're playing. So. (laughs) Um, yeah, and there it makes sense because it's like the souped up, like the souped up model is like very competitive with like the new model. So it just makes sense to pull that one back. Um, I guess this also doesn't super surprise me because it does make sense. And it's, again, a a Japan thing. So the US still has production. But um, I don't know, it's kind of sad, like the passage of time, you know, like, (laughs) it's, it's weird to think that we're now like, gonna eventually let the PS4 go out to pasture. That stuff just always kind of trips me up a little bit. Um, I think this also means that we're not going to see any more collector's editions for the PS4. Maybe a, new P- a PS5 collector's edition, even though those are not normal editions. Like, mm. I- I'm interested to see when we're going to see the first of that. Because I remember when they had the um, The Last of Us 2 PS4 uh, Pro, everyone's like, cool, why would I buy this? And then I'm sure some people <laughs> bought yeah. it because, you know, it's a, it was a cool yeah. design. And, you know, if you love the series. But um, it sort of felt like why are you still making this product when like this next one's out? So I think it makes sense to kind of pull that old one. And especially because, you know, and I don't know how their like production process works, but it's been a lot of work to try to even get PS5s to market. So I imagine they're going to want to like put a lot of those efforts towards the new thing rather than uh, keeping the old thing going. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that 100%. I didn't think about like the supply chain piece to this whole thing like they they have they have only so many production lines right at some point they're going to want to transition some of those over and to mean, make I'm it more pretty PS5s. sure they want to ramp up ps5 with how hard it is to actually get a ps5 right now so yeah that I makes could, sense to me yeah i could see that i mean oh. it's not that hard steve and i have one i'm kidding <laughs> um totally oh i good. i was <laughs> kind of close dollars on got... ebay it's fine yeah uh really oh, well. easy to get one if you want to pay the price of three of them right now yeah. right or i mean or if you're like super lucky and have a wife who is able to snag you one by paying attention to wario 64 so thank you baby. I, I, thank I you was, so much i i do i do pay attention to wario 64 now i actually was, ta- I was given a heads up that um a ps5 was available um this uh not like after the last podcast after lost tnt last tnt and um it was a bundle where it was included an extra controller, um, Sackboy, uh, Spider-Man, and Demon Souls, and Last of Us Part Two. Uh, even though it was on PS4, it was like you know I don't have that. Uh, so basically, all games I have I was int- I'm interested in and don't own for eight hundred and thirty bucks. I'm like I'm like you know what this seems like a pretty good deal for me. And I go to click on it, and because I'm uh, accessed it through Twitter. It went back, which means I had clicked through a few things to even get to that point. Oh. And it went back all the way back to Twitter itself because I was on mobile at the time. And by the time I got back to it, it sold out. So Eternal sadness. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. No luck for me. 
<laughs> oh, well. But, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and move on to our next topic, which is, I I guess it's making you uniform because the Netflix app has been removed from the Wii U and 3DS eShops and the service is being discontinued in June. So right in line and parody with uh, the Switch. <laughs> with I no was, Netflix. Right? I was just thinking pretty about much. Janet's earlier comment about the passage of time, and, and this is pretty yeah. much it. Like, I remember when I was excited that these were coming to these consoles, and now I'm like, oh, not only are those consoles in a box in my garage, but also now they're just getting services removed from them left and right, like Miiverse is gone, the eShop will probably get turned off in a year. <laughs> so I'm oh, like, man, oh, well. don't say oh, that, yeah. because I know, oh, I'm so mad you said that, because now I know I have to... <laughs> I have to I have to turn on my Wii U and the eShop of the Wii U is so good. Like it's so good. They have like all these like like it's, yeah. you can get all these N64 the old games yep. that like Nintendo won't mm-hmm. sell you um for some reason. And I'm like I'm going to have to just like impulse drop like $50 <laughs> on a bunch of N64 ports that I'm not going to play. And I don't want to do that. I don't got a kind of money. Um uh. but yeah, this is kind of um well, I would say it's a bummer, but it's honestly not only in the sense that does this mean Netflix on Switch? I've been waiting for Netflix on Switch for forever. And people always ask me, why do you care? Netflix is on anything, everything. Are you really watching um, Netflix on your Switch? And the answer is yes, because I'm a nerd. Like, sometimes, <laughs> like, even if I have, like, a smart TV or something, which, I, you know, most of my TVs, I think at this point, are smart TVs. Sometimes it's nice to just be able to drop it in there. Like, I've watched Hulu on there. It's just, it's convenient. I don't got to switch the HDMIs out. Like, mm-hmm. you can't have a Switch and judge me for wanting Netflix on Switch. It ain't hurting nobody. You got Funimation. Yeah. We got Hulu. Where is Netflix? That's true. I, that I mean, we'll it's say. just weird. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, where is Netflix got, We just Switch? got Funimation. It's like they did it to make us mad. Like, I yeah. don't understand why. So much of what Nintendo does, I'm like, I feel like you want to hurt me. Um, and I don't know why, because I show you nothing but... Um, kindness and appreciation <laughs> or just, maybe not yeah. kindness but i i, 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 spend, I buy a lot i of appreciate you, you. yes yeah just, just wait you know, for our april funny. first episode i i'm you still... know it's funny janet oh go ahead oh go ahead no i was just gonna say i'm waiting for april 1st like after the eShop apocalypse with with all oh, with, with whatever nintendo yeah. is doing oh yeah nintendo. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll be pretty salty that day probably probably um, you know, it, it's funny that you talk about that reaction, Janet, because I, I kind of had much the same thing happen on Twitter several months ago. Where I made kind of an, what I thought was an innocuous tweet saying, man, where the hell is Netflix on Switch? And I figured, you know, it's pretty, pretty neutral. Who wouldn't agree with that? It's pretty obvious. A lot of comments kind of clap back at me saying, well, why do you need Netflix on your Switch when you have it on your PS4 or your smart TV or your iPhone or your this or your that? But what if I want it on my like what what's wrong with having it on Switch like why wouldn't it seems like the most obvious partnership and we, I mean Nintendo and Netflix have partnered on Wii U and 3DS so it's just a really weird missing feature on the Switch I guess and and you know you can say that well you know use your Switch for games okay but the Switch also has Hulu and Funimation and all this other stuff so mm. why not you know it's yeah yeah. I, I think it's a little weird. I mean, but having more options is never a bad thing. Like, there's no such thing right. as a bad additional option because you can always just exactly. not use it. So, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I personally am probably not the person that's going to watch Netflix on my Switch. But I also said that about Funimation, and now I watch Dragon Ball on my Switch. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I agree with Janet, though. One of the things I love, like, yesterday, for the first time in forever... I decided to play Ring Fit Adventure, 
and nice. I was playing it in my room, and I just don't have like a whole big open space to be twisting around like a jackass in my room. <laughs> and I just, you know, decided I had the freaking leg strap on, and I had the ring con in my hand, and I was like, I'm just going to go do this downstairs. And I just grabbed my Switch out of the dock, ran downstairs, put it in the dock downstairs, and it instantly reminded me of why I love the Switch so much. Because I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't have to do anything to get that working. Like, I didn't even have to turn on the TV downstairs. I just put it in the dock, and the Switch took care of literally everything besides the actual working out, which made me feel terrible. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I could I could easily see, like, just chilling in bed, you know, watching Netflix on, on the actual Switch, and then just being like, you know what, I want to see this on the TV, and throwing it in the dock and, and continuing on the big screen. Uh, that is something that no other device in my house can replicate. Like my phone can't do that. My iPad can't do that. So it is like a unique thing. I can just choose whatever TV in the house. I want my switch content on and just drop it in a dock and I'm good to go. Mm -hmm. So I I definitely see the appeal. Do I think I'll do it? No, but I've, I don't trust it. It can happen. If, if the option is available, I will at some point use it. Well, and as you said, I mean, it just comes down to more options is always better than less. So there are people out there for whom they would be, hyped for netflix on switches it, it fills a niche in their lives and why not have it so yeah why not? maybe maybe we'll still it'll still happen it is weird though that we're we're more than three years now into the switch's life cycle and still no netflix it is very it's odd so weird. yeah there's no themes either maybe they've just decided we're just gonna do something else like i don't know i wonder if this is um, one of those yeah. like shady like back uh, back room mysteries that we'll never get an answer to like when for years amazon wouldn't sell nintendo hardware and nobody talked about it, and then suddenly they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, oh, Nintendo's releasing the Switch. That's probably going to sell. We're gonna, we're gonna fix this right <laughs> now because right before the Switch came out, Amazon was suddenly selling Nintendo stuff again. But we never learned why they stopped in the first right, place. Right. So uh, maybe there's some kind of internal beef with Netflix, and we're just not going to know it until someday Netflix appears. Maybe there was beef with one person at Amazon, and that person moved over to work at Netflix. And the <laughs> yeah, there we go. Ooh, there you go. It's just a See, one. I- also, sure. this isn't real. No one listening to this thinks yeah. that it's actual. actual I, I was thinking that is not how business works. I hope. I was thinking there's somebody of uh, of influence over at, at Netflix who is just a huge Mother Three fan and and said, "Hey, Nintendo, if you don't bring Mother Three out on Switch, we're not bringing Netflix to Switch." And that's the truth behind the matter. Wow. Obviously, it's not. There you go. But, wow. but I like to you know, really I like one. I like my head cannon. Yeah. <laughs> Some tinfoil hat stuff. Yeah. Right. Yep. Tinfoil right. beanie hat stuff. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and jump over to our next topic. And we have a new spirit event coming to um, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. It's been a while since we've had one. And this one is in relation to Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, where we have three new spirits coming based off Young Impa, Terrico, and Koga. It's uh, misattributed to as Suga, but that is definitely Koga in that artwork. Oh, I my, that was my before bad. We did yeah. this. No, no, it's in the article itself. Uh, oh, is it? Yeah, Nintendo, no, I, Nintendo yeah, I Life. But yeah, that, that's but. that's Koga. And uh, yeah, it's cool that those are coming back. They're expanding the um, amount of uh, you know spirits once again. But of course, the big thing here is, well, I guess Impa is no longer a character, as, as many people are probably starting to say. Yeah. Also, I, I do want to make it clear that th- those three characters are just the ones that are shown in the image. There may well be spirits beyond that that are in the. No, there's probably only three. Really that's think, that, yeah, they typically keep it to three. three or four. Yeah. 
yeah, that, it might only be those three. But yeah, I think that's the main takeaway here. And, and I mentioned this on Twitter yesterday, and I got some people saying, well, you know, Min Min proves that spirits don't disconfirm characters. To an extent, that's true, but I but I think there's a difference here between launch spirits, like day one spirits, and DLC spirits, or, or ones that are added later on in, in events like these. Uh, I don't think launch spirits disconfirm characters, but I do think post-launch spirit events like these more than likely point to the idea of a character not being playable. Don't know that. It's not a hard and fast mm. rule, but that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. I... I, I hold on to the hope um, since I want Shantae is, and she is a spirit already, but that's half genie hero artwork. We have brand new uh, seven sirens artwork of Shantae that can right. easily fill in for, and our, she was uh, a launch spirit spirits and she was, I think as so, long yeah. as enough time passes, everyone will be in smash. You know, eventually, like, yeah, everyone like, just literally. give it like a good, you know, one, 200 years and everyone <laughs> you can conceivably imagine that's ever exists in the fictitious realm will appear in this game. Um, mm-hmm. So just, you, it's just a waiting game, just honestly. Just be patient. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all jokes aside, I it seems like they're, what this also says to me is, like, Smash Bros. Ultimate's still getting, like, support in, in 2021 and, you know, likely beyond. I'm not sure if they've made announcements on, like, how far out they're supporting. Usually they make that more when they're ready to stop supporting something. Um, then we also saw them roll that back with Splatoon, which was interesting. Um, maybe this is also a way to kind of uh, offset the fact that I think... COVID obviously hit everyone hard, but Nintendo has been very transparent about the ways that COVID has affected, I think, their plans and what they normally do. So I think um, giving support for games like this is really valuable to the audience and for, like, them to have some, like, develop some good faith where it's like, okay, well, we're still, like, we're still doing stuff. Like, we're not irrelevant. We're, we're keeping things alive. Um, it's especially good to kind of pull this in with Hyrule Warriors, which is one of their um, few kind of marquee games of last year so. I'm not sure if this is also them maybe trying to push for more sales with Age of Calamity. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. what the numbers are offhand, but I do know just from like, you know, being in the space, um, people seemed like they liked it, but it it wasn't Mm -hmm. really hot in the streets the way I thought it would be. Uh, When I first heard of uh, Age of Calamity coming out, uh, even though I'm not like a Hyrule Warriors person, I'm like, oh, it seems like I really got to play this, got part of the prep for Breath of the Wild 2. But then when it came out, it kind of just, at least in the critic space, sort of just fizzled out a little bit kind of quickly so um, maybe this can also add some more hype to that uh, and kind of be a win-win for Nintendo uh, again I didn't do Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity I'm not <laughs> someone playing Smash Ultimate all the time it is a game that I bust out when we're doing like a party thing and someone really wants to play um, I like Smash a lot but I'm definitely um, in a non-problematic way a melee person who's like I probably play, <laughs> played more melee in the last year than I did Ultimate uh-huh. um and uh, that's not to say that I'm good at the game. Somehow, I'm, I'm surprisingly bad, even though I put so many hours, an obscene amount of hours in my childhood, but I just never learned to wave dash. So, you know, um, <laughs> but I got time. The, the year just started, so <laughs> we'll try to get together. Make that a Patreon I love that goal. you said in a non-problematic way. That's, uh, yes. I love how you, how you qualified that. Nice. Because that community key. sometimes, oh, mm, yes. let's, let's, let's make that distinction but Derek uh, Derek yeah. and Steve know very well how I feel about the melee community yep. uh, I, I mean I'm a huge smash fan myself and I play tons of ultimate but uh, but yeah well it, uh, speaking of Age of Calamity though I think maybe critically it, it may have faded a little bit quickly but as I understand it uh, it became the best-selling Muso game within like three or four days of sales or something, like of all yeah. time. Yeah, but how? So definitely, so I think definitely sold very well for <laughs> Koei Tecmo. Um, yeah, I, but I don't know if it means. Um, I don't know if it stayed in the public discourse for too long. I think it lasted about two or so weeks, which is 
I mean, it came out at exactly the wrong time. Like, I hate to say that, Mm -hmm. but I mean, we had two new consoles. We had Cyberpunk, Mm -hmm. which nobody knew was going to be a tire fire yet. But, uh, you know, so people were already like when Age of Calamity came out, most of the gaming discourse was focused on other stuff already. And so people like observed it for a moment. And I feel like it moved out of the public consciousness a little faster than Nintendo probably wanted it to. I think um, it also helps that the, it doesn't take nearly as long to complete that game. I saw yeah. plenty of people 100% it within yeah. a few weeks. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, I, I beat the game, like, you know, Crit Path, but I still beat the game in, like, three days or a week or something. Like, a very short mm-hmm. amount of time, because uh, I remember spending weeks on the original Hyrule Warriors, having to take breaks, come up for air and stuff. Um, but to bring this back to Smash, I want to quote a different Nintendo game. That'll help give my opinion on all of this uh, spirit debunking and stuff. Uh, it comes from <laughs> Eternal Darkness. And the quote is, we're overwhelmed by a very human need to weave a web of meaning where there may be none. Spirits nice. don't yeah. deconfirm characters. Like, yeah, the community no, has agree made up and I agree all these that. rules. Yeah. <laughs> like, Meat costumes true. deconfirm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was what? There was box theory before the game came out. People were like, oh, oh there's so many slots on the yeah. box. Like, that's how many characters are going to be there. There was, you know, the Smash community, like, seizes on every tiny little nugget yeah. of information and sometimes just the absence thereof and decides like all these weird yeah. like i don't think that sakurai or his team have like they they don't refer to their smash commandments and go uh-huh. well, shit we wanted to make impa but we did a spirit so we're not going to like i don't they're like well, <laughs> yeah. well it says on game facts we can't do that you guys so we're not you know papa gino said we can't so i i just don't uh yeah. I, I don't know I, I feel like if Sakurai wants to make Young Impa, he'll make Young Impa. That being said, mm. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like the dev- – I, I think it just comes down to more development timelines, business decisions, what deals Nintendo has made with third-party licensors. He was very clear about the fact that, like, Nintendo decided these, that he didn't have his usual amount of input. Um so I wouldn't write them off. Like, I definitely wouldn't write them off just because Nintendo definitely knew Hyrule Warriors was coming out. Uh, mm, they definitely right. knew what characters they were putting in the game. Uh, so they may have just, you know, said, hey, this is coming. Um, and maybe maybe the whole thing was, well, you know, we can't really finish the character in time for the release. And they're like, make a spirit then. Just upload a PNG into the game and <laughs> put a challenge around <laughs> it so we can promote it within yeah. Smash. There you um, go. You know, I mean, I, I think it's... the speculation is fun to a, to a point. I, oh no, I think I'm... trying to speculate around that stuff is it, fun to a point. But when it gets to that toxic point, right, where people right. are saying, no, these are the rules and Sakurai has rules. He has one rule that he has stayed consistent about over throughout all the years, and that is no no, Goku. No Goku. No, <laughs> no characters that are not originally video game characters. Damn, Otherwise, I think, I think, you know, pretty much anybody's fair game. Um, but, you know, but, but I, the reason I personally speculate that that this probably means no no zelda characters or at least age of calamity characters in the remaining mm. dlc is rob Arman x's point here in the chat but why add resident evil spirit uh, evil as spirits if they were going to be a character why not just wait for an re character so that's sure. why i kind of feel like post-launch spirits are kind of in their own weird thing however i'm not saying that it is a rule that's just my own speculation i hope we get impa or mifa or Urbosa as a playable character. I want all three of them very badly. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll see what I would, happens. 
I, I would definitely take Impa because I feel like she'd be the closest I'd get to getting like a Naruto character in uh, in Smash. <laughs> she and I would, I would be there for yeah. it. Is so. she not too similar to Sheik, though? I don't she think be so. Bit because she doesn't matter. No? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's like, They'll figure it out. That's for like, uh-huh. and that is, you know, well, I guess I don't know how much like the movesets like uh, are decided upon or whatever. Because yeah, Sakurai is very much like a developmental hitman he's like what are we making all right i'm making uh-huh. he makes this stuff really well so like shout out to sakurai because he does great work but yeah it's i, I definitely think just to kind of like also echo the there's not really this grandiose conspiracy theory pre-planning thing i think they are kind of just to an extent going with the flow of things um this is also like one of this is the f- kind of first era of nintendo even having ongoing support like this for their mm-hmm. games so i think I'd be shocked if they had some really elaborate plan for it. I think this is sort of like the beginning mm-hmm. of that era and they're sort of figuring that out. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Well, all I know is I hope we get, I mean, I want Sakurai to get his, get all the vacation time he wants, but selfishly, I also do hope we get a fighter's pass volume three. I never <laughs> want the smash hype train to end. I don't think it's going to happen, but yeah. I just personally never want it to end, but you know, I, I, it has to, all good things must come to an end <laughs> at some point. Yeah. We'll see. But let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. We've got three more to get through here. And this one is the Xbox Series X uh, put out a survey asking players if they want PlayStation 5 DualSense features in the Xbox controller. I'm guessing Microsoft saw all the praise the DualSense was getting. It was like, hmm, did we want in on this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Having for used the DualSense for the first time last night, since I just got my PS5, I can see why they're asking, because it's a really good controller, man. Yeah, where can I fill out this survey? Because, um, yes, like, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I want the DualSense to be able to play everything. I want to yep. play Nintendo games with my DualSense, um, mm-hmm. which I know, like, the same company that worked on the HD Rumble was the one that, like, worked on the um, haptic feedback and, like, the other elements of the DualSense, but, like... Holy cow, you would never tell because it is night and day um, in just how it's implemented. Obviously, we're still in the early phases where it's not like it's permeating every game. You know, a lot of games are still like barely getting kind of like that next gen update. And then the next gen update like maybe isn't as full fledged as um, I'm expecting like the next game in those franchises to be. Like I recently got FIFA um, 21 on PS5 uh, and has like only a little bit of that stuff. Like I'm hoping they kind of double down it more like come next year when they had more time to actually develop like from the ground up, just specifically a PS5 SKU. But Mm -hmm. yeah, this is like it, you know, maybe I'm like too crazy about it because it's early. You know, there's always that immediacy bias, but that might the dual sense might be my, the best controller that I've ever yes. like played on. Wow. Um, both from form factor and from innovation, like the um the the use of audio and the speaker, the sensations in like Astro's Playroom, um, and also other games as well. Like it's not just an Astro's thing. Like this is implemented across other games, and yeah, it's fantastic. I would love to see um, Microsoft take a swing at it. Um, hopefully, in a way that's more successful than like kind of how everyone was like let's all get on motion controls like i'm not necessarily <laughs> i'm scared of. the monkey's yeah. paw of let's all get on haptics <laughs> is a little horrifying but i think, I think the, they can microsoft mess it up as much as they it. did with the connect <laughs> no and i also you know i think microsoft would be um good at it as well from the standpoint of being um really uh like what is the word i'm kind of like uh, like adaptable is like what am i trying? accessible thank you yeah uh, accessible is the word i was trying to go for because they've had such like 
great stuff in the accessibility space. I know Sony has to a degree too, like Last of Us 2 is like one of the like most accessible games ever, but um, I think they could really pull that off. Um, so yeah, let's just put it in everything and make it better in the Joy-Con somehow. Joy-Con pros on the Switch Pro. <laughs> yes, please. It, <laughs> yeah. it does give me kind of that vibe, like you mentioned when everybody jumped on motion controls like halfway through the PS3 360 generation, they were like, oh no, the Wii is actually really popular we we need to copy this <laughs> and uh yeah that that didn't work but um i mean it could end up like sony's six axis controller that they attempted at first with the playstation oh, 3 yeah that was which, that that was right. a whole weird thing where they were like oh we can't that include was... <laughs> rumble because it would mess with motion controls and then you know a couple years later they're like just kidding we figured it out um <laughs> so yeah i think that that was really just a ploy to keep con- controller costs down but i do agree with literally everything you said janet um i've been saying since i got my review unit for the ps5 that like the dual sense was the best thing about the system like and that's that's saying a lot because i love you know the the loading times being almost nothing i love the uh the user interface being like actually 4k and hdr and looking really nice but the dual sense the thing you are interact with the most is just incredible um you know those haptic triggers like it is it is really hard to tell somebody like oh they push back and it's really cool like you hear that and you're like yeah whatever okay <laughs> but then you mm-hmm. you actually play it and you feel it and you're like wow this is like transformative this makes a huge difference and yeah. i was really surprised to see that microsoft just kind of stuck with what worked you know i was like they had to know <laughs> that sony was developing like a like a controller that did new stuff and you know, the Series X controller, you know, it, it's a good controller, but it, it doesn't bring anything to the table, really, that the Xbox One controller lacked. So, you know, even even just, it doesn't even have a built-in battery, which is kind of annoying. <laughs> um, yeah, I think right. the, the, the failings, if you want to call it that, that's a little harsh, but that's just kind of the, the phrasing I'm going to use, of the Series X is also what you could argue are the successes, right? It's so, like easy to transition over like you don't even notice it like honestly um there are games i could boot up on my series x and other than like the load times i don't know if i'd be able to tell like if you kind of you know gave yep. me like a, a the pepsi challenge right but for the series x and the other SKUs, like i don't know if i'd be able to tell and part of that can be good everything just transfers over it's simple you set up the the whole console on just your phone using the app it's done it's like it's ready now and you're just there's not the whole like uh what we had with the PS5 where you're exploring and you're learning about the new settings and there's like the share thing and there's game help and there's like all these extra bells and whistles that you have to get acclimated to. Xbox didn't have any of that. And some people find that really comforting and really nice, you know, kind of like that iPhone upgrade. Um, But for me, um, I like, especially in the gaming space, I like that shiny newness, even if it's just like different (laughs) for the different sake. Um, You know, I miss the era where I had to pick out a cell phone, even though I'm just going to keep getting iPhones until, um, I don't know, Apple explodes or something, because like (laughs) that's just the phone I have now. Like, and we all kind of have the same like one or three phones. Um, Mm. But right now, consoles are also not there yet. And I don't think Xbox is going to start the wave the way Apple did with like kind of the standardization of phones. So I feel... You know, it felt kind of um, like a bummer to me, you know, when I finally got my Series X and I was I wanted to feel something and I just felt so nothing uh, playing it. Um, mm. And that's something I didn't feel at all with the PS5. It looks crazy. The controller's doing wild stuff. There's stuff popping up. Maybe the parties aren't good, but it's fine. You know, we're figuring it out. <laughs> um, and you didn't really have any of that with the, the Series X. So it's interesting to see them think about 
okay, well, what is the, how does the community react to this and, and what is our response uh, in turn? Yeah. I, right. one of the, I, I would say, I think you described it perfectly. Like the Xbox experience comes at the cost of that, that new shiny feeling that you get with, with any new console until now. Right. And um, I, I would say, I, I'm willing to bet that when all is said and done with this generation in God knows how long, what, like eight years <laughs> that Sony will yeah. have come out on top. I feel like, people by and large want that new feeling when they get something of this magnitude, when they drop 500 bucks, they want it to feel substantially different. I think it's going to be sort of a weird stalemate where Sony comes out on top. Yes. As in the console space, but I think Sony uh, Microsoft will still be sitting pretty, uh, pretty good, a pretty good spot just because of game pass. Right. I mean, they're taking such divergent approaches to this generation where with Microsoft de-emphasizing the hardware aspect of, of, things more than we've ever seen before and sony very much staying the course and going with the traditional hardware focus release model and i think they both have their places and i agree with you derek i i think that uh and and you as well steve i think i think playstation probably will come out on top when when the dust dust is all settled but i think microsoft is going to be seen as the champions of the service aspect of Mm. of what gaming is becoming and it is going in that direction i think at least to some extent so uh, it is interesting, so, though, to see uh, Microsoft really de-emphasize the hardware aspect of things. And uh, Janet, I mean, I, I agree. It's uh, it, I don't have a Series X myself, but I've seen the controller, of course, and I've, I've used the controller before. And, you know, the design, it, it, it looks like a PC enclosure, and, and the controller is very similar to the Xbox One. And it doesn't feel new in the same way the PS5 does with the DualSense. And... Uh, I think that's a valid approach, but it's not personally the approach I prefer, which is what I think you were saying as well. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next news topic. And, uh, oof. (laughs) (laughs) So, Nintendo issued a mass DMCA takedown, forcibly removing 379 fan-made games. And I was taking a look at this. It was... um, uh, as reported by Torrent Freak, uh, I went to the offending, the offending site in December. The warning, which has been published online by Game Jolt's co-founder and CEO, Yaprak DeCarmine, reads, Certain material posted on the website located at GameJolt.com infringes trademarks owned by Nintendo. Nintendo requests that you disable public access to certain pages of the website located at GameJolt.com based on the following information. And uh, then it listed a bunch of fan-made games and projects. And, you know, basically saying how they were used uh, that. But the I think the bigger issue with this, the reason they did this, not to just jump on the, oh, God, Nintendo's killing fan games again, which yeah, they do. Uh, but GameJolt.com actually generated revenue from the advertising banners displayed on the site. Mm-hmm. So because they're actually making money right. off of these games, that's big no-no. And I, that's right. why they were kind of sent out. I disagree. I, I think Nintendo okay. is kind of notoriously litigious when it comes to their IP. Like, oh, of course they, they are. That, this is their jam. They love this. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying it's necessarily like a bad thing. I mean, you know, I don't I'm, I'm by no means an expert on intellectual property or copyright law. But I've, I've also seen, you know, we talked about this a few episodes back. They shut down Captain Alex, who is making unauthorized products using Mario and stuff like that. Uh, you know, they've they've shut down mods that have that have picked up steam. I mean, Nintendo, y- you don't go, it seems like, even a month without a big story about Nintendo shutting down 
a uh, fan-made game or mod or product of some kind, uh, whether it's for-profit or not. And I think that, you know, this just... This is who Nintendo is as a corporation. Yeah. Like they are not, you know, we we just talked about Mario being Mickey Mouse earlier in the episode, and I mean there there is more than just the parallel in terms of the the risk aversion in in how they depict the character. It also comes down to how uh, they litigate, you know, that that copyright, how they protect that IP, because Disney again Dis- is notoriously litigious. With Mickey Mouse, which again, that's you know, that's their. Corporate I think they su- sued a kindergarten or a preschool for displaying Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Mean, I this is. Yeah, I mean, that. you got to. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know. The, the thing <laughs> Damn is, kids what need else to learn better. <laughs> and I've heard, I've heard, and I don't know it's if this life. is accurate, but I've heard people say that this is about. It isn't necessarily about the content itself, but it's about setting the precedent that this kind of thing is not allowed so that there's no like oh well you guys noticed this but you didn't you you let it go on so we thought our thing was of the same nature right like giving Mm -hmm. people kind of a foot in the door and nintendo unlike sega is very keen to slam that door shut um so yeah i I mean when i read these i'm just like yeah nintendo gonna nintendo like this is what they do (laughs) now that said the article does also say uh that some of the games including one that's fantastically called five nights at yoshi's uh, have reportedly been re-uploaded with the ads disabled and have not been taken down again yet. So hmm. uh, I agree with you, Steve. I think, you know, Nintendo is just kind of litigious in general, and they're known for doing this. But it'll be interesting to see if they go back with a second round of DMCAs on the pages where ads have been removed or have since been removed. So um, I think it's likely that they will, but perhaps it really is just the ad element that, that was really, you know, pissing them off this time. But I, if I if I were a betting man, I, I would agree with you and say that probably they're going to go back and just try to get them all taken down regardless. Yeah, this is very much their brand, um, which yeah. maybe isn't the best brand to have. I mean, a lot of other companies do this. Nintendo's not the only one that is uh, protective of their IPs. I mean, we saw with, um, I'm forgetting the name of it, but, you know, the people trying to make plates station, the plate station people. Oh, yeah. They got, like, you know, just destroyed like you know and they kept getting it was one thing there's another thing and eventually they just had to pull everything and refund everybody and it was just this big mess but um yes you're in with within your legal right uh it doesn't mean that you're not kind of a jerk potentially but (laughs) you know that's always up for like the fans and people to decide but it is within their right it is their ip um the end basically on that but uh, i would say yeah absolutely nintendo is way more notoriously known for this um you know, that's why there's at least two or three hard drive articles written about it, right? Nintendo releases yeah. Cease and Desist Classic, right? Yeah. <laughs> they, they can just yeah. keep posting that article because it's always yeah. true. Like, they're always taking down something. Um, and, yeah, it is true that if, in terms of fighting for your IP in court, uh, it's always easier when you have, like, a history showing that you are someone that goes and protects that IP. Um, that way, in case anybody tries to do anything that would be, I guess, actually hurting nintendo then they'll have a better case for it but yeah that's just kind of what they're what they're known for and then at this point people sort of i think look for it also because like i don't it, it's i don't want to say we enjoy these stories but there's something that like like people always want to read about like what did nintendo shut down next it's like just something nintendo's known for um yeah and it, it's well, we kind can't of say a, nintendo's a doomed anymore for, so we but, have to find some other yes. way to like lay on nintendo exactly. which again this that's not <laughs> defending them yeah. it's just People like their excuses to jump on these companies and, you know, not undeserved. Yeah, I mean, the the big thing to remember here is, and again, this goes back to what Janet was saying, is 
uh, having the legal authority to do something doesn't make it, you know, a morally good thing to do. Like, Nintendo doesn't have to, like, legally, yeah, totally within their rights. Like Janet said, still makes them not look so great. Like, I mean, it, it's not a good look to shut down, like, fan creations that are released for free. Um, right. Which is why I think... Nintendo's the petty king. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they really are. I'm like, don't talk yeah. about Nintendo too much in the house, because, like, they might hear you. Which, which, which is funny, because, <laughs> you know... Sorry. It's still funny this whole litigious nature of Nintendo when their you know first big game is Donkey Kong and definitely got a little close to King Kong there, but they somehow won and because of Universal messing up the uh, copyright of it. Oh, oh yeah. the irony! Yeah, it is. It is true. It is funny that their first major game was essentially a knockoff. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, who's ready for some more Nintendo humor with our Oof. next? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Next bit of news. All right. So, <laughs> some background on this. So, Bloomberg actually put out a comprehensive history of the original Xbox, and it included some interesting comments from those involved about some attempted acquisitions by Xbox, by Microsoft, uh, around the turn of the millennium. So, this was revealed by original Xbox team members Kevin Bacchus and Bob McBreen, um, and f- uh, and former Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer. And basically, B- uh, Bacchus says uh, Ballmer made them go to meet with Nintendo to see if they would consider being acquired. They just laughed their asses off. <laughs> like, <laughs> imagine an hour of somebody just laughing at you. That was kind of how that meeting went. That Which, quote cracks me the hell up. Yeah. It's the funniest. I mean, I, I, of course, no one wants to be in that position, and I do feel bad that they... Oh, no, that it's these, su- it, that sucks. Yeah, that sucks. But, I mean, they had to have How expected was work that. work today? It's like, to I just don't even want to get into it. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? Today. Yeah. Stop with something else. Mm. Yeah, that's brutal. But, there's a, there's actually yeah. some more interesting, th- interesting things in here beyond Nintendo laughing at them. Uh, McBreen went on <laughs> to say that... Uh, we actually had Nintendo in our building in January 2000 to work through the details of a joint venture where we gave them all the technical specs of the Xbox. The pitch was their hardware stunk, and, compa- and compared to Sony PlayStation, it did. So the idea was, listen, you're much better at the game portions of it with Mario and all that stuff. Why don't you let us take care of the hardware? But it didn't work out. Uh, and it didn't just target Nintendo. They also attempted to acquire EA, Midway Games, and Square Enix, with the latter two coming close to a deal. Uh, they actually had a letter of intent to buy Square, but nothing ultimately materialized. Which, Ooh. you know, it would have worked out pretty well for Midway. They would have Microsoft would have had Mortal Kombat at that point, I think. I'm not totally sure. But, God, just imagine if they had actually gotten a hold of Square Enix. I'm yeah, so glad we averted that future. Like, and, and I guess we never really knew how close we really came, but man, I'm so glad Microsoft did not ultimately end up buying Square or Nintendo. Uh, that would have been, I think, I think it would have been worse for, for everyone involved, ultimately. But also, Nintendo on Game Pass, or Game Pass on Switch, right? Ooh. Yep. Tell me you yeah. haven't dreamed it. Tell me you haven't thought <laughs> yeah. about it. And like, That's, you know, I didn't even consider You wake that, up in the but... night, it's a cold sweat. You're like, what if Mario Odyssey 2 was... On Game Pass, immediately, day one. Right. Um, Man, could you imagine yeah. Nintendo giving you even, like, a one-penny discount on a brand-new game? Like, you know, the, I'd say the, yeah. the one thing that I... I feel like they've, they've gotten a little better with some of their deals, maybe. Granted, the bar was very low, but um, I will say... And maybe it's because I'm buying too many Nintendo games, which is probably true, but Nintendo's, like, point system is pretty... Yeah. I think pretty reasonable. Um, 
maybe well, again maybe i'm just buying so much that i'm like i have all these gold points but um and i just use them to buy more and the cycle continues it's like when you think you're one-upping your credit card but you don't know <laughs> you'll never win um but yeah the idea of of any of that it's not gonna happen but it's sometimes nice to sort of dream about it and i mean geez talk about some things never change i mean i love the switch it's m- probably my favorite console of a long time at least maybe ever uh it's so wonderful um but yeah it's not a powerful it is a very impressive machine in a lot of ways but it is not powerful um and it's true nintendo's best thing has always been their software their hardware is usually just something kind of wacky and wild um at this point it'd be weird to have a normal nintendo console so you know i I do like that about them but um you know no lies detected like but of course nintendo's so successful that they don't need to do that they can just keep making their own thing yeah it's it's interesting i mean this is one of many stories that have come out over the decades about microsoft's ineptitude in dealing with japanese companies like (laughs) i like did they even ask like anyone that maybe has done business in japan for before going with the hey the your primary product sucks let's let's talk about (laughs) us making it instead like that seems like it would be a tactic that would work like on a particular kind of like aggressive american or western business person yeah but i can't imagine ever like and and again i I have just a cursory knowledge of japanese culture but i couldn't imagine that being your opener like in a serious negotiation like hey i'm gonna come in here and drop a savage insult and then i'm gonna tell you you need to do business with me uh yeah no (laughs) i don't i I can't imagine imagine how they thought that was gonna go yeah. Kind of makes sense that a lot of their acquisitions recently were mainly American companies. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel like maybe these early days of Xbox, uh, like these stories we've heard, like I can't remember the specifics of it, but there's a story out there about how they approached Square about working on an Xbox exclusive title. And I, I just remember like the broad strokes of it being like they fumbled it incredibly badly. Like someone from Square asked him a question about what it meant to be in games and they just didn't have an answer. They're like, uh, <laughs> and, and Square was just like, never mind, we're, we're out of here. <laughs> we're not doing this yeah. with you. And, uh, yeah. and, and, you know, just, just other stories like that exist kind of around those early 2000s uh, where Xbox is concerned. And I wonder, like, how much of that legacy in Japan has stayed with them to the point where they just don't really J- have an Japan open doesn't door. Really forget- Japanese businesses don't really forget that kind of stuff, from, my, from what I understand. Like, that kind of lingers. Um, and, yeah, uh, Microsoft definitely um, were a bit brazen and cocky back in those days. And that turned off a lot of Japanese developers. Well, they had those dope matching leather right. jackets, you know. You can't really be yeah. <laughs> You can't really be shy uh, when you're wearing what, an Xbox branded leather coat. Yeah. What Taniac says, uh that was uh they believe that was Capcom with Resident Evil 4. Oh, may, maybe, man. Uh, like I said, they kind of blend together. I can't keep all the gaming <laughs> weird stuff, <laughs> the minutia of, uh, straight up here. Mm. Well, and I love like and not only did they essentially go like, yeah, you know, your your hardware sucks. Let's, you know, work with us they didn't just say that they said you know well you're good at the side at the game side of stuff like mario and all that stuff like they were just kind of hand waving away some of the most legendary well, franchises and characters in gaming just mario and all that stuff you do what you, you know, your little game stuff that's cool we'll we'll handle the important stuff the hardware because you suck at it like it's just, kind of a, wasn't, a rumor that, wasn't it a rumor they that the reason they wanted to buy rare is that they thought they they had the ip for donkey kong and they wanted donkey kong 
Oh, that's, heard that. that's a good question. I, I've never heard that, but I mean, I also am not a huge Donkey Kong fan, so. I feel like I remember mm-hmm. hearing something about that. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's just I, a rumor that it's spun out of control or not, though. I love what Eddie Beal says here in the <laughs> yeah. chat. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie are actually based off a prototype of Master Chief as a Smash fighter where Chief was carrying the rest of the Halo series on his back. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. I love it. Oh, oh boy. But... Um... Oh, Rob, our man X oh. here is, is offering some clarification. They didn't buy Rare specifically for DK, but they thought they got the rights after the buyout, which... That's it. I'm not... I mean... I'm not, I haven't even taken business 101 and I know, or IP, you know, ownership 101. And I would know that that's not what that means. What the, mm-hmm. what, what, how do you even, that's like, like if somebody else bought next level is like, well, we get Luigi and punch out now. Right. Yeah. Like how did they think that was going to, oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll just write it off. Say they weren't too serious yet. Yeah. Sure. There you go. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I think with that, we have covered all of the major headlines from today's <laughs> news. Uh, but before we sign off, uh, Janet, where can we find you at? Uh, you can find me everywhere on the Internet at GameOnsys. That's Game O-N-Y-S-U-S. That's my newly launched Patreon, my Twitch, my YouTube, uh, my Twitter, my Facebook, my Instagram, and my TikTok. Um, and maybe something else that I forgot to name. Probably LinkedIn, actually. I think that's, it's still backslash GameOnsys. But yeah. Literally all those places. The brand uh, is strong. To make it, yes, the brand is strong and hard to pronounce. I, you know, take it. You, you get a plus, you get a minus. Um, <laughs> if you go to my Twitter too, like there's like a, a link tree page that kind of links off to everything to for your convenience. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Nice. And of course, we have to give a extra special thanks to all of our patrons uh, at the producer tier for helping make this show happen. It really couldn't be a thing without you, as Jan explained with her own Patreon. Like, we are extremely grateful for each and every one of you. But of course, we also have to give a massive thank you to all of our patrons at the executive producer tier and above. And those fine folks include Rob Arman X, Dan and Twistle, Zipati. Adam O'Sullivan, Floating Mew, Christopher, The D-Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Kieran Phillips, Benny Yao, Rosa Bowling, Hi, Mom. <laughs> Geller, Shiny Turkey, Titus Malvolio, Jake Pelka, Michael Phone, Mitchell Herring, Game Explain, Charles Zaz, Andrew Medeiros, Jonathan Belmare, Kit- Kitty Kong Fax, Patrick Harrison, Scott Barber, Evernight Studio, Rocks the Cat, Loyal Dingo, Azran127, Phantom23, Sean Garrett, Shadow the Cat, Guillaume Monet, Kai Ed, and a brand new executive producer, KitFisto250. So thank you all for that. And remember that you too could become a patron over at patreon.com slash gvgaming where you can watch today's news tonight live for as little as $5 a month. So thank you all so much for watching. And if you like this video, be sure to subscribe to Good Vibes Gaming for more good times like these. And until next time, good night and good vibes. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.